<laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God is good, isn't he? And his mercy endures to all generations and forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, what a great day to serve the Lord today and just be in the house of the Lord. You know, the scripture, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It makes you happy, doesn't it? I'm always happy for Sunday morning. I'm not always happy to get up on Sunday morning, but I'm happy for Sunday morning. Amen. (laughs) I don't know what it is about Sunday mornings. Your get up and go just seems to not want to get up and go. Uh, I, uh, as much as other times, but once I'm up and I have my first cup of coffee, I'm ready to go. Praise the Lord. Yes, I'm addicted to caffeine. Keep me on your prayer list. Hallelujah. God's a good God. He's, he's done so many great things. We could just, you know, we could just stand here and just praise him the rest of the day and it would be okay, wouldn't it? But I've got an amazing sermon for you. <laughs> Um, and, um, the title is, seems a little catchy. Hopefully you'll remember it. The title is Believing is Seeing. Now, you know, that's a, that's opposite the way the world thinks. Most things that are spiritual are opposite the natural. They're just almost a mirror image of it. And, uh, have you ever heard seeing is believing? Uh, the, the entire state of Missouri has a, slogan, you know, the show me state. And they say that means, you know, show me, like, show me the money, show me the, the, how this works. If you show it to me, demonstrate it, I'll believe it. But really, when you think about it, uh, seeing is believing is crazy because, uh, there's no believing involved once you see it. Once you can see something, touch something, taste something, um, you know, be involved with something, there's no need anymore to believe. It'd be like saying, well, I'm believing, I'm believing that this Bible is real. Well, you wouldn't have to believe it. I can see it. I can hold it. I can touch it. I know it. I have my five senses. I don't even need faith to believe this Bible exists. This book, the leather part, you know, and everything. Amen. Because, or the pulpit or the piano that I just played. Or whatever, because I'm ex- it's it's there, it's real. How crazy would you have to be to say, "Well, I'm believing this is real"? Then you might be schizophrenic if they're saying that something that's real doesn't appear real to you. But so, really, seeing is believing is 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 has nothing to do with faith, has nothing to do with believing. But believing is seeing is scriptural, and Jesus is the one who said it. And so let's look at that. We've got uh, quite a few scripture verses to go through to get the story. And it's the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. Amen. John 11. What a great testimony. So many things here. And so we're actually going to skip around and pick and choose some verses throughout the passage so that we can just lay out the story. Again, believing in God's economy in God's world believing is the same as seeing amen uh you hold your place there in, in John you know we'll just quote a verse here we don't have to turn to it but uh in in Hebrews 
we're, we're told that uh, faith is the title deed of things not yet seen. In other words, faith is the same in God's mind. If you have faith for something, it's as good as having the something. Amen. And so that's why faith is such a powerful thing, because God has given to every man the measure of faith. I used to teach at Brother Hagen's campus there at the healing school that we had, and we would have different sessions. We would have the the main public session that everybody was invited to, that uh, in the earliest days of the healing school, Brother Hagen did the class himself and later on passed on to others. But then we would have smaller classes and a smaller little room, a healing room that we had. And uh, I, I taught some of those. And, of course, uh, uh, Patsy Caminetti and others were teachers there at healing school. And I used to ask the question to the class. Now, the class was made up of people seeking healing. Amen. We didn't like to call them sick people. (laughs) That's a bad confession. (laughs) We would call them those seeking healing. Amen. Needing healing. In need of healing. And so they would come and I would ask the question. I said, I want you to be totally honest. How many believe that your problem is that you just don't have any faith or enough faith? And a lot of, you know, some people, they'd already been steeped enough in word of faith theology. They knew better than to raise their hand because they might get it chopped off. But others, you know, that were a little more just open about it said, well, really, yes, that's my problem. And I remember standing in front of this one lady and I said to her, not trying to embarrass her, I'm trying to help her, you understand. I said, so you believe that your problem is you don't have any faith? And she said, yeah, that's my problem. I think that's it. I just don't have any faith for healing. And I said, um, well, the Bible says the opposite. The Bible says God's given to every man the measure of faith. So you have faith. Why do you think you don't have any? And she said, well, I just don't feel like I have any. I said, well, faith isn't something you feel. Again, you've heard me say this over and over again. That's like saying I don't have a brain. Because I can't feel my brain. Well, if you feel your brain, you're in trouble. If you see your brain, you it's a bad day. You understand? If your brain is outside of your head and you're looking at it, you've got a problem. Amen? And so, um, just because you don't see something doesn't mean it's not real. Amen? Just because you don't feel something doesn't mean that it's not real. Amen? So praise God, faith is not something you feel, it's not something you can see, it's something that you have. And uh, just just accept that, and you need to start saying, I have faith, because the Bible says I do. I have faith, and my faith works. Let's say that out loud together. I have faith, and my faith works. Now, why does your faith work? Because you're so special? No, because God wouldn't give you bum faith. Amen. You might buy a, you might buy a small appliance that quits working, but faith works. Amen. And because it's God's idea and it's God's, uh, product. Amen.
Y'all getting anything out of this yet? So believing according to that, according to what the Bible tells us, is seeing. Faith is the title deed of things not yet seen. I add the word yet because we will see it. If you stay faithful in faith, stay faithful in faith, your faith will produce. And you think, sometimes you think, how in the, has anybody ever ventured out with a confession, with a, with a declaration and your head said, how in the world do you think that's going to happen? Has anybody ever been there? Have you claimed something financially? Have you claimed something materially or physically? Have you claimed something? You know, when I say claim it, you say, I claim that in Jesus' name. It's mine. It belongs to me according to the word. Have you ever said that and your mind goes tilt? How on earth will that ever come to pass? Why do you think that that's going to happen? Why do you say you have that when it's obvious you don't? These are the questions that our mind will conjure up and machine gun at us at about 3 a.m. And you're just thinking, you're just wasting your time. Who do you think you are? You're not Kenneth Hagin. You're not Oral Roberts. You're not even, you know, Sister Ledbetter at the church. Who do you think she's led better than everybody? Who do you think you are? I've been there. We've all been there. It's just human nature. It's the devil. It's all kinds of things that come, all the spaghetti ball of natural stuff that the devil throws at us. But, woo! Thank God the word works. Thank God God's higher. The word's higher. The name of Jesus is higher. The Holy Spirit is stronger than all those negative thoughts. So what do you do with the negative thoughts? Well, I gotta be up all night screaming at the devil. No, you just let them bounce off of you. Like Brother Hagin used to say about walking in love, act, act like water on a duck's back. Somebody throws something at you, it'll just roll off. Amen. Let it roll. Uh, this is a truth. Thoughts left unspoken die unborn thoughts left unspoken die unborn you can have a thought that comes at you so strong and so negative and so palatable that you just think it's got to be true but if you'll keep your mouth shut about that and speak the opposite according to the word Amen. That thought will eventually, how many's had that? That thought will, will eventually leave you. Sometimes people will have a, you know, manifestation of something in their body and they'll say, oh, you know, the thought will come, well, that's cancer or that's some other thing, right? And, and you'll just, you know, that just can seem so real to you and the fear of it can come upon you. And if you're not careful, you'll say, you know, I don't know why, but I just feel like, you know, and before you know it, you've, you've uttered that out. And now you've given life to it. All right? So we need to speak the word only and shut up about negative thoughts that argue with the word. The word says we're righteous. The devil, I tell you what, before I had solid scripture on righteousness, because I grew up in a group that <laughs> everything was how you feel. Do you, 
you, you feel better after the prayer. You feel better after the singing. You feel better after the preaching. And if your feeler had a problem, the way you felt, then you, you worried about your salvation. Well, I, I don't even know if I'm saved. Or I don't even know if I'm really filled with the Spirit. What I did and said, I don't know if the Holy Spirit can stay with me. I mean, this is the stuff that you would get. You had preachers pray, Holy Spirit, don't ever take your presence from me. The Holy Spirit's not in the taking presence business. He's in the abiding business. Amen. And and yet we would hear, how many can relate to that? You'd hear some of the worst praying and stuff. It sounds humble, but it's really antichrist. It's really anti-word and anti-God's purposes. God didn't send the Holy Spirit to test you to see how you're going to do with it and then take it away. But I was so deathly afraid, first of all, of the guillotine, because we got told the rapture is going to take place and you're going to miss it and they're going to send the guillotine to cut your head off. And uh, I guess the French ones taken over because, you know, they're the guillotine people. But, uh, you know, I... First, I was so afraid of missing the rapture. I was so afraid of not going. I was so afraid that if I did anything wrong, God was going to get me. I was so afraid of the Holy Spirit's presence being taken from me. I was so afraid. I had more fear than I had faith and and in church all the time. So something's wrong with that scenario. Amen. The more we go to church, the more faith we ought to have. Because faith comes by hearing the word. Makes you wonder what we were hearing, doesn't it? And, uh, and, and bless their hearts. You know, some of the preachers and people preaching that stuff, they meant well. That's all they knew. There was ignorance, but we don't have to, we're not our main scripture. You know, you don't see out in the parking lot. Our banner scripture here is let the ignorant remain ignorant. Some churches, that's about what they should put out there because they just steep in it, steeped in it. And then when it, you know, it never gets any better. Are y'all still with me? But praise God, <laughs> I'm, pre- I'm, I'm start trying to preach this and I'm preaching something else because I'm just inspired to say that. But I'm telling you, we are going to be people of the word and I don't care how we feel or what it looks like, we're going to speak the word only. Amen. Yeah. And uh, so let's get into this here with John, otherwise we'll just have, we'll leave Lazarus in the tomb and. Everybody weeping. John 11, 1. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary, it was that same Mary which anointed the Lord with anointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. And then after that, he said to his disciples, let's go to uh, Judea again. And uh, there, there was, uh, you know, a lot of discussion about that. We're going to skip that part. 
And, uh, you know, after two days, 14, verse 14, then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now, he said, this is the red letter edition, folks. The same Jesus that said it's not unto death said he's dead. Isn't that interesting? But he said, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Uh, and then when jump to verse 17, when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now, Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off, and uh, many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. In other words, the the wake the waker people have come, you know, to wake. <laughs> then Martha, as soon as, isn't that funny, they call it awake when people are not awake, they're dead. I don't know, what a, a strange word. Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou will ask of God, God will give it to you. Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Now she's thinking, because she's going to tell you what she's thinking. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in, this, in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection, I love this, and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He said, believest thou this? Do you believe this? She said unto him, yes, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. When she had so said, she went her way and called Mary her sister secretly saying, the master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly, came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house, and confirmed her when thou saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, she goeth unto the grave to weep there. In other words, more more grieving, more more uh, mourning. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother would not have died. <laughs> they're, they're on the same theme. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Uh, now, people love to make a big deal over that verse. You know, it's the shortest verse in the Bible. There it is. Jesus wept. They said, and then the Jews said, Be, Behold how he loved them how he loved him. I'm going to get back to this in a minute. Some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind cause them that even this man should have died? 
Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, comes to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Now, in a minute, we're going to get to the heart of this message. Because that way you'll see why Jesus was groaning and why he wept. He didn't weep because Lazarus was dead. That's the natural part of it. He did not weep because Lazarus was dead. He wept because of the unbelief and the doubt that they had when he had told them he's going to live. This is sickness is not unto to permanent death. In other words, it, it seemed to be un, to death, but not permanently. And that's the reason he was groaning and weeping. He's not standing here grieving. I know it's a failure. We've all failed. It's horrible. No. And that's what religion has taught us. They've made Jesus, they've brought Jesus down to such a carnal place at this, and this verse. But the reason he groaned and wept was because of their unbelief. And he said so in just a moment. If you keep reading the word, you'll get your answers. Instead of just buying the little card, you know, and go, oh my, religion again. He, they said, he's groaning in the spirit. He says, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. This is when he almost issues a rebuke. He said unto her, said I not unto you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. That's the title of the sermon. Believing is seeing. He said, if you believe, you'll see. The world says, if you see, I'll believe. If you believe, you will see. Praise the Lord. And that's the reason he was weeping. He said so many times when the disciples did not believe, he said, how long do I have to suffer you? <laughs> how, what, how can you say you don't believe when I've shown you miracles? Did you not forget, did, did you not remember the feeding of the 5,000? He brought that miracle up more than any other one. A provision miracle. Amen. You know, when they were going over to the other side in Mark, and it says that the ship you know, was, was sinking and they awoke Jesus and they said, you know, Master, carest thou not that we perish? That's a bad confession. We're dying here. Master, carest thou not that we perish? And, and so he got up and remember, he, he dealt with the wind and the waves and spoke to it and it all stopped. And he said, don't you wish you were me, messianic, you know, anointing? No. He said, where's your faith? Why are you fearful? I, it's not just rhetoric. I believe he could not relate to their lack of faith. He could not relate to why do you not believe when I've shown you so many miracles? Praise God. Preach, Pastor. Well, this isn't to make anybody feel condemned. This is the last church in the world that will make you feel condemned for anything. But I'm telling you, because I believe in righteousness and grace, amen. What's the cure for sin? The blood of Jesus. 
Why should we, why should we center in on sin when we got the cure for sin? Amen. That's why we don't center in on illness and, and glorify sickness because we've got the cure. Jesus Christ bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. By his stripes, we were healed. Where? When? When was were? Why is it were? Past tense. Because it happened at Calvary. Glory to God. I don't know if this is helping you, but it's helping me. And so, he said, did I not say, if you would believe, you would see the glory. I want to see the glory of God. I want to see the glory of God manifested in our church and in our services. I want to see the glory of God manifested in our lives. I want to see the glory of God manifested in our physical bodies and and, and in in our bank accounts and our investment accounts and our whatever. Amen? I want to see the glory of God manifested. And so if if the prerequisite, if the requirement to seeing the glory of God is believing, I'm going to be like as smart, at least as smart as that man in Mark 9 who shouted out, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. And you know what? Now see, he obviously wasn't a member of a Word of Faith church or he would have never said, help thou mine unbelief. He was a member of the local synagogue. They hadn't had the Charles Capps conference yet. But, <laughs> he said, but I, I love the man's honesty. He hadn't been told in church not to be honest yet. He was still honest. <laughs> he said, Lord, I believe, help mine unbelief. I tell you, I, that's my prayer too. I'll just be honest enough to say that. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. You know why? Because He wants to help our unbelief. God's not trying, God's not betting against us that we're gonna not have enough faith. He wants us to believe. He wants us to have the faith. He wants us to think bigger and better and higher and, 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 and whatever. Abundantly above, what does it say, Ephesians 3.20? Abundantly above, exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever pray even. Then our highest prayer. Thank you. Praise God. Lord, help mine unbelief. You know, I, I don't want unbelief. Unbelief stifles what we want to see. If you have a good attorney on a case, he'll say, don't help the other side. (laughs) In a deposition or something, keep your mouth shut. Only answer the questions. Don't offer any information. Don't say, I'll have to look at my files and see if I can find that. I don't have to look at any file. You want something, you find it. You don't offer the, the other side Anything that would help them. We don't want to offer the devil anything that would help his side. Amen. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna say, Lord, I believe, even if on the inside we think that we're not so great at that, at that moment. The devil goes, now you know you've got some, you know, Folks, we we almost think because we think it that the devil knows what we're thinking. He's some kind of a mind reader. But the Bible doesn't say he's anything. 
He doesn't read, he doesn't know what you're thinking unless you tell him. He's not inside you. If he is, we need to cast it out. I just feel like the devil just knows what I'm thinking. Well, it's probably because you're telling him. He only knows what we say. Familiar spirits that hang around that are everywhere. They, they, they record what we say. They're like the NSA or something. You know, they record what we say. They got a big building there in Virginia where they record everything. What an exciting job listening to phone conversations. Hey Myrtle, it's me. Pick me up in front of Walmart. Oh, that's all. We got that now. In the computer. Could be held against you in a court of law. Who cares? The point is, we don't want to say anything to help the other side. Right? You ever been to court? You know that. Your lawyer will go, you know, shut up. What are you doing? Well, I just thought I'd be honest. Well, not to help the other side, we're not going to say anything. Amen? Not being dishonest. You just don't tell everything you know. If you're smart in business, you won't tell everything you know. Amen? Shut up sometimes. Praise the Lord. I've been preaching on confession for 40-something years, and one time I was at a... We had tapes, tape, cassette. How many remember cassette tapes? We had cassette tapes, you know, the tape table, we called it. Go by the tape table. I'm preaching on confession. And I got a, I got tapes on it. This lady comes and she goes, I don't know. I've tried all this before. Nothing I do works. I don't know. I'm saying, I don't know, I don't know why it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I'm thinking, it's working like a charm, lady. You're saying it doesn't work and it doesn't work. Your confession is working. She goes, I don't know. I said, well, do you have any tapes that would help me? I said, yeah, I got some tape that'll help you. It's right here under the table. It's duct tape, strapping tape that we use to seal the boxes. This is the best tape for you. And I rip a piece off and I'm stick it on her mouth. If you just shut up, things will get better by themselves. Stop cursing yourself. Like Pastor Scarlett already preached the message. Stop cursing yourself. Well, I don't know. Everything I try just goes to dust. And I don't know. I'm not, I'm not good with money. I'm not good with a... I don't know. I just don't know. I'm just stupid, I think. I don't know. I didn't get that gene. My sister did. I don't know. Shut up in the name of Jesus. Amen. Say, I'm smart because I got the Holy Ghost inside of me. I have the mind of Christ. How could I be stupid? Do we make mistakes? Sure. But don't tell anybody. They wouldn't know as many mistakes if you don't tell them. Who knocked that over? I don't know. You know, that's lying. That's not good. All right. I'm just saying, don't, just, don't take the blame for everything. Right? Just keep quiet. Brother Hagen used to say, most people wouldn't know how ignorant you really are if you didn't tell them. He said, sometimes you just, 
It's the quiet ones that everybody goes, well, I think they got that. And they're going, I don't know. I don't know. What they I, don't know. I don't know. But you just act like you just kind of go along. Okay. Praise the Lord. Did I not say you would believe if you, if you would believe that you would see? And of course, you know, without reading all this, he said, Lazarus, come forth. I love it that, that he said, Lazarus, come forth, because if he had just stood at that cemetery and said, come forth, they would have all come forth. <laughs> because of his authority. Amen. Well, did he do that just because he felt bad about his friend and tried to help him out and give him a few more years on the earth? No. He said, you're going to see the glory of God. You're going to see how powerful this life, Zoe life is. It's a lesson. Don't just read these Bible stories and, and you know, think Easter flowers and, you know, something religious. Amen. Apply it to yourself, to your life. You can, you know what? This will work for your finances. You, some of y'all need to speak life to some of your stuff. Watching on the internet. So I don't know. I don't know what happened to that. I just died. Well, command it to live in Jesus' name. I go out and talk to palm trees every so often because they start looking like they're going to puke and die or something. Start wilting, hanging over. In the name of Jesus, live. Praise God. And they'll straighten up. <laughs> I think I've got stuff in my yard that should have died years ago just from, they don't last forever, you know, stuff. And I go out there and talk to it. Live. In the name of Jesus, I command you. <laughs> I said that to a piece of bougainvillea that was growing up, you know, that looked like a, just a weed. Live! And now it's taken over the house almost, you know. Now I need to tell it to bloom. <laughs> Live but with no blooms. Alright, praise God. Just helping you at all. One more verse and we'll be done. Mark 5.36 Glory to God. You know this. Preached this the other day. Uh, this is Jairus' daughter raising from the dead. And Jesus said as soon as he heard the question, Why trouble thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Now we got the same word there. If you would believe, you would see. Amen. And so here he's saying the same thing. Don't be afraid. Believe. Don't be afraid of, of lack. Don't be afraid of, of, uh, you know, symptoms and bad reports. Don't, don't let fear take you over. Speak the word to it. Amen. I call those things that be not as though they were. Romans 4. Amen. I, 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 I call those things that be not as though they were Abraham and Sarah. They, God changed their name like that. He put it in past tense. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and there's still no baby. Well, how do you, how, how do you figure? 
that you've made me, past tense, the father of many nations, and there's no baby. Amen. And my wife, she's done producing, and I'm done producing to make babies. So, hey, what are we going to do here? And it says he was not weak in faith, giving glory to God. That'll preach too. Next Sunday or somewhere. Giving glory to God that what God had promised he's able to perform. That's what faith is all about. It's not about what you see, what you feel, what you think. It's about what God has said is true. What he's already put into motion is true. What he's already produced from the finished work of Christ. <laughs> And you stand there and you, and you declare that over, I, I speak life to this body. I speak life to my finances. I speak life to my ministry. Well, the devil can talk to you about your ministry. Well, you're just kind of done. You're at the end. It's over. <laughs> He's such a liar. And I declare it's just starting good. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Well, that's enough yelling and screaming and hollering. Let's lift our hands and praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's done. The battle's won. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm full of joy and I've got the victory. Amen. Why don't we sing that together before we go? And... uh Oh, I need to pray. What am I doing? Help me, Lord. Pray. Are we already off? Oh, sorry, folks, out there in TV land. Remember, they used to say that back in the day. <laughs> well, pro- Father, in Jesus' name, we, we pray for anyone who has a need in their body, a need in their finances. In Jesus' name, we just practice what we preach. We believe and we shall see. We, we speak life to bodies. We speak health to, to, to physical needs. We speak, uh, abundance and prosperity to those who have material and financial needs. We thank you, Lord, that in this ministry and church and those watching, that every need is met, every bill is paid. There's money in all accounts. There's plenty to preach the gospel with and, and, uh, and, and, and spread the good news around the world. We give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.